Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Hey, good morning, everyone. Hey, good morning. He, didn't, he didn't say we're actually live, did he? Well, I saw the thing. So you, when you, you saw the thing, but usually when Brent's on the edge, I'll, like, I'll point to him. Like it's kind of hidden like behind the laptop, and I'll kind of give him one of these. Oh. It spins for a second, and then you're, you, when I it stops spinning. Yeah. Premature there nope. for a second. No, Brent, Brent was on, no, on was top on. of it. So good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> anyway. Welcome, welcome to another fascinating edition <laughs> one decent of our pastor. podcast. Yeah, uh, we've got... Uh, Guess who the decent pastor is today? Yeah. Well, one decent missionary, I guess. Yeah, pastoral. Yeah, the part of Dude, uh, that's what we should have called it today. One decent pastor, colon one decent missionary. We should have done that. Dude, I don't we could change it right at the end. We could go like back to change it later, but <laughs> after yeah. all, what were we thinking? <laughs> yep. Justin Reimer's here. Yeah. Did we say that? Glad to be here. <laughs> He's sitting in my spot. Too, I am. Which. We're okay. I make it look better. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that. Because <laughs> my legs are showing and it's... Well, are you in shorts? Yeah. Yeah. The two guys in shorts are on the end. Yeah. So everyone can see our legs. Yeah. Sorry about the glare. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Maybe we can edit that later too. Yeah. See. Color the sprinklers. We're off to a good start. Yep. Uh, yes, we are. What... Uh, <laughs> What do we want to say before we, we dive into uh, talking about Justin? I don't have anything, anything to announce. Anything going on that you guys want to share with everybody? I'm not, I don't think of anything. I'm, yeah, not, oh. I'm not leading you. I'm just asking. I thought I thought you were saying that like you had something in mind. Come on. Fess up. <laughs> Come on. You know what you've done. <laughs> God sees you. Let's <laughs> just see what he says, right? <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have any. Yeah, All right. To announce it. Church camp pop coming up. I guess we yeah, can say that. That's maybe in a few well, weeks. Well, the baptism, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, July 17th, baptism and the church camp house coming up at the end of June. Yep. So, good. So, get signed up for the church camp out. Yeah. Or my wife will get on you. <laughs> She'll so, not be pleased. So, Justin is a, a friend that we've known for many, many years now, close to probably 20 years. How long have so, we known each other? Yes. 20 years, 20 and a half, I think. Yeah. Very long time and um, been a good friend. And you, you and your family went to um, Ukraine several years ago, and we've um, supported you slightly from the church. Not, that's not oh, been a stellar amount slight. by any means, but you know we we support you guys, and, and specifically a ministry called, formerly known as the Elisha Foundation, and now it's called Guidelight. Yep. Which at first I was kind of a little bit irritated by that, like yeah. what are you doing? And then the more I thought about it, the Guidelight says a lot more, and Eli's still right in the middle of it, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of. I have to give you the thumbs up. So good call. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, you were in Ukraine uh, when everything kind of started to go down, and now you're back here safely, which we're we're glad Thankful you guys are for. here. But uh, lots going on, and so yeah. we just wanted to take a, uh, some time to catch up with one of our missionaries and, and hear kind of what's going on with with you guys, with uh, the country you were in, and also with Guidelight. Yeah. What's what's going to happen from here? So no, how, how long that. were you guys over there? Six years. Six years. Total. I mean, we, we, we first went 10, almost uh, 11 years ago. <coughs> 10 years ago was our first full summer there. So we went for a couple of summers, 90 days each time, like maxed out our 
our visa our visa free window each time mm -hmm. so that's when the relationship started and then moved there full-time in 16 but visited almost every year since 2011 actually so and you guys have supported us for 11 years so thank you for that yeah so it's not a meager it's not meager support um yeah so i i guess i should probably say what we do in ukraine or what yeah, yeah that's a good um, point. can i do something real quick yeah yeah oh i thought you were gonna pray that's what I thought too. <laughs> this, this, it's a mystery what's happening right now. He's got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I guess. Don't we turn the lights no, on? Nobody realized how dim it was in here. Like dimmer than usual. Well, somebody dim. I'm looking over and I'm like, is that yeah. Justin over there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's Justin. Well, we were getting the glare from the legs. That kind of made I thought you were that's more, so I, I thought you were going to be the spirit. I'm sorry. Can I pray? I was like, why is it so depressing right. in here today? You started yeah. to lean in, which is what people do when they pray. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll pray. Lord, thank you so much for um, just another morning uh, knowing you and um, being known by you. Thank you for bringing uh, Justin back, his family back. God, we thank you for all the work you've done over in Ukraine. We, we look forward to hearing um, about all that you've done uh, at this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So in short, uh, our mission is pursuing Christ-centered transformation in the lives of people experiencing disability, both the person with a the disability themselves and their caretakers, their families. and. That's the case of ministry here in the States. That's the case of wherever we, we do stuff. Specifically in Ukraine, we were focused on a partnership with a local church in the city of Chernigov, uh, who we had done a series of summers with of training them and then helping them identify practical ways to, to reach people with special needs in their community. Understanding that in Eastern Europe, Central Asia, um, the disabled population is typically pretty isolated by the culture. So, Like more so than here. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 and very, very challenging to to kind of cross, build a bridge between them and the typical person, I guess. Um, just there's social suffering that comes with that. There's cultural suffering. Just people with disabilities are. Uh, there's still uh, in much of Eastern Europe and Central Asia still a mindset that that your value and worth is determined by how much you can contribute to society around you. Therefore, if you have a disability, right, your your value is so that's a yeah. utilitarian mindset. Uh, and it's wrong. And so often people who have a child with special needs feel uh, on, on one hand that they've produced a non-producer. Uh, so the culture doesn't really have a place for them. Um, they're encouraged even to this day in many, part, in many of these parts of the world to, if they have a child with special needs born to them, to put them into an institution. Uh, a very good friend of mine in Ukraine, as soon as their son with Downs was born, the doctor came and said, here, just sign here, just assuming that they would naturally, with this newborn, want to put them into the system. Um, it's that, that, that kind of suffering goes on there. And the other side of it is that those often who are believers, uh, who have a child with special needs, um, the more prosperity gospel-oriented factions of Christianity would say it's because of something you've done wrong. It's God's judgment on you. I've had numerous conversations with people about that. Is it pretty uh, big over there, the prosperity gospel? It's, I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I wouldn't say it's as big as, say, Africa, but yeah. it's definitely a, a pretty That's strong same. influence sure. um, within um, within the, I guess, the more charismatic oriented churches in Ukraine uh, and Eastern Europe in general. Um, so our family context of having Eli with Downs uh, certainly gave us a lot of credibility with these families from the first time we went to Ukraine. They trusted us because we had the common experience. still took a while to break down those barriers and build those relationships, but um, the, the first summers we spent there were very fruitful in training the church. 
uh, and then, like I said, identifying ways that they could serve that need within within their church community, more broadly within the city, and then in the institutional systems, what we would think of as orphanages for those with special needs. So um, it was kind of out of that fruitfulness um, and a long, long desire that Tamara and I have had to be in cross-cultural ministry that the Lord, through a series of, of circumstances, counsel, prayer, and direction, took us to Ukraine full-time in 2016. Um, and we just continue that work. And so a lot of, of our time in Ukraine was continuing those relationships that were started. Um, in the previous summers, we helped the church do those things um, with the church taking on many of those relationships that we had entered into with families who had kids with special needs. So when we went back in 2016, um, there, there, there had already been a lot of difficulty in Ukraine at that point. 2013 is when um, the the government oppression started in Ukraine under the former president uh, two presidents ago. Uh, so there was protesting that turned violent, uh, violent on the government end uh, that led to a lot of, um, oh, what's the word? Just a lot of problems. And then ultimately Russia came in, took Crimea, and then in Donetsk and Lugansk, the uh, militias there pushed the, pushed the local governments out and took over. So that unrest has been there for, for quite some time. And so the church struggled during those times as well, the church more broadly in Ukraine. Um, but we moved there and we were able to pick up on those relationships, um, continued uh, to focus on two specific, two particular institutions, which over time really we focused on one institution. Uh, that was just a small part of, of our efforts there uh, alongside the church. Um, and then we started a weekly outreach to families who had kids with special needs, which was Sport Best Mesh, which is kind of a sports and fitness outreach, but really um, there's so much more than that. For us, everything that we do either needs to be geared towards evangelism or discipleship. So the end game for any, any outreach or any program per se that we did was to introduce people to the gospel. Um, so in our sports stuff, there was a Bible study we do with the kids with special needs, which was super humorous at times. Uh, a lot of stories from that, uh, but it also gave uh, some of our volunteers, uh, people from church, Tamara, time to connect with the parents, which were primarily uh, moms. A lot of these families are single parent homes and, uh, and that sort of thing. So uh, God and his providence just allowed us to, to do that and to, to see um, Ukrainians really within our church desire to serve these families and really become passionate about that. Um, the Lord even brought non-believing volunteers to help us on Friday nights and help us with uh, different things we do, going to the orphanage, um, bringing, uh, for a while we were able to bring groups of girls from the orphanage down to the Imago Day Center, which was our hub of activity and where our church met and where we did all of our outreaches. Um, it was great. Uh, God was just so faithful to produce that kind of fruit. One of our volunteers, Vadim, uh, ultimately repented, came to the Lord. Nice. Um, and that was like, it was quite a journey for him. But uh, God used, uh, he would tell you to this day, God used disability to uh, get a hold of him. That's nice. one of the things I've always loved about what you guys do is that, you know, disability is something that, like you, you talked about, it's got this uh, thing attached to it. It's like God you know, is mad at you, God, mm -hmm. you've done something wrong kind of thing. And you guys look at it as an opportunity. You know, your firstborn, Eli, has is born with Down syndrome, and rather than think we're cursed of God, you, you and Tamara thought we're blessed of God. Mm -hmm. How do we use this now to reach other people? And, and so 
the way that you guys have always kind of, even in talking to Tamara when you guys came to church the other week, I jokingly said something about you guys. She said you guys are moving to Beaverton soon, Portland area, and I said on purpose. And she goes, everybody keeps saying that, but it's like there's a need there for people that are broken to hear the gospel. She, you know, she didn't get mad at me, but she, no, she, yeah. she, she kind of, she threatened me. She put her hand up like, she, <laughs> if you know Tamara, that's her. Yeah, not her at all. But again, it's that idea of you guys have always had a heart to kind of go to places or go to people that nobody else really right. wants to go to or sees value in. And let them know the value they have um, in Christ, you know, through mm-hmm. the gospel. And, and so it's just always, you know, blows my mind to see how God's used, used you guys. And, and um, it's encouraging and inspiring. So, yeah. So so how, how do you feel, like, obviously you went over to, uh, in a way, like, disciple them into the biblical <coughs> view of viewing, mm-hmm. um, you know, special needs and, um, and all that stuff through the lens of the gospel, the Bible, like, is there a foundation built in? Like, obviously, yeah. do you guys feel good at this time, quote unquote, handing it off? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, like the 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 church we're a part of. I mean, most evangelical churches in Ukraine are small. Um, our church was 30, 40 people, and that's uh, I would say an average size, probably mm-hmm. for a solid evangelical church, uh, particularly in our region. Um, they're they're solid. Uh, our pastor, Sasha, um, just super, super, super solid theologically, a uh, great teacher. Um, he really uh, understands it. So when we go through, we start with the doctrine of Mago Dei in Genesis, and then we just work our way through. And uh, Psalm 139, what does that mean? Go even further, John 9, the man born blind, the, the depiction of the sovereignty of God. Um, and then as Ecclesiologically, 1 Corinthians 12, what does it mean that the weak are indispensable? Um, which, again, also has aspects of the sovereignty of God in verse 18 of chapter 12, as he chose the members of the body. Um, so just working through uh, Scripture and laying that out, it's for, for people in our church, it was, I, I wouldn't say it was easy to, it was easy to understand, but to apply is different when you've been raised one way and exactly. the cultural thinking is right. one way. You've got to, you've got to kind of redeem that yep. thinking. Um, but it's, yeah, it's amazing though when you start to get around people, you know, it, there's always that weirdness, like I don't know what to say or how to act. And right. so you almost want to stay away from anybody that has, you know, mm-hmm. there's a person in a wheelchair. Yeah. I don't know. So you kind of run the other way. But I just, I, from volunteering at, you know, the Elisha Foundation back in the day, and you did as well, you see these, the value in these people. They're such a gift of God. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize it until you start to spend time with right. them and you see um, yep. how precious, and I don't want to say more precious because it's not, you know, everybody's precious, but I guess because your your bar is set so low that when you finally get around some of these people and you start to get to know them and see yeah. so much, it's right. just, it's a, it's a unbelievable. So it's yeah. like, it's cool that you're, you're able to try to change this theologically, but then practically when you start to get to know people, it, it kind of all comes together. Yeah. And yeah. hands-on is the way, I mean, that. Yeah. Uh, particularly for me, like I can I can understand something to a point, but until I do that thing, or until mm-hmm. I put my hands on that thing, sure. I don't I don't yeah. really, you know, I guess that's where the the practice of things really helps. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I feel really good about leaving it in the hands cool. of the church. And um, and we were in that process. Like that's our objective wherever we right. serve, whatever we do, is that it needs to be an indigenous effort. It needs to be the local church taking that on. And uh, and that the goal is for us to to not be needed. Mm-hmm. And so Lord had, through a series of circumstances, really pushed that even further for us over the last year, um, partly with, with our youngest, Naomi's struggles and decline of her, her health. Uh, we knew that, that our 
time, at least currently living there, needed to be needed to be shortened anyhow. And so, in God's providence, uh, uh, the Lord just really put things in a row, kind of sped things up in a way. And so, last summer, um, Sasha, our pastor, is the one who took it on, and we were still there to help. We yeah. just acted as volunteers, not as leaders, uh, in that sense. Um, he does a fantastic job with it. He's just so clear with the gospel, loves to be with these kids with special needs. Uh, his assignment uh, on these Friday nights, it's um, pre-war. It was chaos. Like we'd have, we grew to where we had 20, 25 families coming on a night. Mm-hmm. That's 25 or more kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. And there's 10 of us. Yeah. yeah. And so we try to assign one-on-ones, but we can't, we don't have that many right. volunteers. Yeah. And so uh, we have to take on the most challenging athletes and put them with you know make sure they're one-on-one and so Sasha often would have one of the most challenging athletes uh and and he he did it great and so like just giving that hands-on uh and just to see his heart and his desire his wife Alina is the same way she's a she's a she's an evangelist uh at the core and so just knowing that knowing how how our church is and the support that our that our church was in, in that um, they're, they're a small church, but they, they desired to continue to, that ministry. So that, that felt good to us That's awesome. um, and, and was something that was really, you know, I think happening very well. There's right. a lot of things that, that they had to work with as far as restrictions from COVID and stuff, but they still were able to, to do things. So, yeah. so you, I, have, I have a question. What, yeah. what, what did it look like for your family, like just being a missionary family? Mm-hmm. And like, how did you, you know, prep your family for the move mm-hmm. to Ukraine? Like, what? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Don't get any ideas, Chad. <laughs> Cambodia <laughs> dreams. Uh, I don't have any ideas at the moment, but yeah, uh, it's a that, uh, it's a great question. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of resources for for prepping a family to go live overseas and for cultural engagement. Um, we didn't do many of those things because we. Uh, we had spent those, our preparation was we had spent those summers in Ukraine. And so it was very familiar to our, because our kids are our primary concern um, as far as their cultural adaptation and uh, what's called acculturation. Uh, so we had a, a lot of familiarity and we had existing relationship there and we had seen ministry there. And, and so a lot of that preparation was done in those shorter trips that we had done. I mean, they were still long. I mean, they're not a typical short term. We weren't there for 10 days. Right. We were there for 90 days and uh, each stretch. And so that, I think, was a big part of our preparation. Um, we, we also, over time, realized that there were, were certain times where our family needed to come up for air, so to speak, um, because th- there are challenges. I mean, it's not our culture. Um, but quickly, America also was not mm. entirely our culture. Right. So it's called being third culture, where you, you don't really have a place to land. And so you, we're odd. You guys all know that about me. Um, <laughs> And so we realized there, there needed to be segments where we kind of came up for air, get our kids, you know, outside the country. And so find the cheapest plane ticket and go to, you know, we'd fly to Budapest because it was the cheapest ticket, like 49 bucks mm-hmm. each way. And then rent a car for cheap in Budapest and drive to Slovenia and see the Wicks or drive uh, to Croatia or some place like that for three or four days just to, just to breathe a little bit. Uh, so for us, it was one of those things we were learning over time as we lived there. Right. Um, I'm just learning Budapest is near the... Slovenia. So. Yeah. I, I never <laughs> it's like it's a four hour drive. Okay. But it, to that's me, near, to me that's near. Could have been a different continent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Budapest is the capital of Hungary. Well, still not helping. Much. Yeah. Thank you. Could get out the globe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And sure. Hungary borders Ukraine. Speaking your language. <laughs> Actually, do we have globes anymore? We yeah. Have, with Google Maps <laughs> or Google Earth. 
So I, I mean, there was, so a lot of it was like, we felt like we, we had some, some different kinds of preparation ahead of going. Um, what was important to us is just to have a really strong team of support. And I don't just mean financial. I mean, people who prayed for us, people who would call and check up on us. We had set up ahead of time. A friend of ours is a, uh, a really gifted biblical counselor. And so him and his wife were our go-to if we had, if we needed. So he would check in on us and, uh, and the kids. So um, those were some pieces that we put in place. And then a lot of it is just learning as you go. Oh, and so right. there's a, uh, for example, the thing that our kids look forward to is there's an educational conference that, that really it's a missionary encouragement conference. So missionaries from all different agencies and whatever would gather. There's a, a group um, tied to PCA actually that would put on a, an event in Hungary to host families for five days and give them some educational resources, spiritual encouragement, and do a lot of, of stuff focused on the youth. Uh, in particular and so nice. those were some of the kind of the maintenance things uh, but the preparation we, we probably could have done it better but uh, the Lord was gracious to us and kind and um, you know we only had one other missionary unit in our entire state uh, they were in our city and they they were the ones that planted the church we worked with so mm-hmm. from an expat standpoint we were we we're pretty lonely right uh, at times uh, and that family left a year ago and so this last chunk of time there we were we were the only ones mm-hmm. and so that was another adjustment and and uh, certainly had its difficulties uh, for us but the Lord was again very gracious to us so for now you guys are probably here yeah to stay until the Lord directs you otherwise is that correct yeah and I would say with a uh, uh, I mean I would confess with a, a heavy resistance on our hearts to that um, it was really clear yeah. the Lord um, Actually, just before the war broke out, um, through a series of circumstances and events, uh, the Lord had pulled us out of Ukraine. Just uh, I was in Ukraine two weeks before the war. Um, we had an opportunity to get Naomi into this special clinic in California, mm-hmm. way ahead of what we thought was possible. And, uh, and we needed to kind of do what we could to stop her, her digression of her condition. Uh, and so the Lord had just orchestrated all those things. And even that, like, we were still like, ah, do we or don't we? And so, um, yeah, uh, and it was clear to us a year ago that we needed to to really figure out how to um, put our daughters in a, in a place to, to get a better education and, and things like that. Um, so we knew that our time was drawing to a close maybe later this coming summer. Um, but things just got accelerated, right? Yeah, everything got accelerated, and yeah. and uh, and even when we left uh, to come back to go to the clinic, it was our plan that at least Tamara and Abe and I would go back to Ukraine for a few weeks this summer and sit, right. you know pack stuff up, say goodbyes, finish handing right. stuff off. And obviously, that's all changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Well, some people may not know, but you guys that you have um, the Guidelight nonprofit has different ministries, not just what you guys were doing in Ukraine, but other yeah. legs of that ministry. So now that you're back here. Is is what's the plan as far as uh, guidelight continues on? You guys yeah. aren't just done, so maybe what's talk about next that. for the Reimer yeah. family? Yeah, I I mean, still, I know you've always got gears turning. Yeah, always... <laughs> well, and the Lord's been gracious. We have another family that um, that serves with us. That's been kind of our U.S. base. Uh, they're they're also over in Portland. Uh, so they oversee our retreat ministry. Is that Severin? Severin, yeah. He led worship here once. Oh, yeah. Three hours, yeah. So. yeah. So the so Hamilton we, go way, we go way back. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's good. I've never met them. Well, they're great, so you should have them. They, they, they should come again. Yeah. Um, so they, Severin oversees a retreat ministry that's been ongoing in the States for 15, 16 mm -hmm. years. Um, but also our, our local connection to churches. Um, we just kind of provide ongoing counsel, like consulting and training the churches, bring gather churches together every quarter and um, just have some good solid topic to discuss. Sometimes it's theological, sometimes it's practical. We always have devotional with, with those that attend because uh, we're connected to quite a few churches uh, on a, as a resource to quite a few churches in Portland. Uh, now that we're back, I mean, our hearts are stuck in cross-cultural mm -hmm. international ministry. Mm -hmm. And so um, just going to kind of stabilize the family. The, the way we see it is that our location changed and our ministry didn't. There you and go. So, sure. um, yeah. We're still going to be, we are to this, uh, at this very moment, even still very involved in what's going on in Ukraine as best we can from a distance, um, which the Lord has seen to, to, to be fruitful. Um, and we have, we've had ministry ongoing in Taiwan and, and, uh, we have some opportunities perhaps in Vietnam coming up. And, uh, so to just, uh, while we're here, just do what we can to, to kind of figure out how do we support uh, and grow things that are happening in Eastern Europe, Central Asia. The Wicks are now on board with us hmm. uh, for the, um, we, we say Eurasia, but Eastern Europe and Central Asia just to be the feet on the ground there. And so uh, I'll be working a lot through them to, to continue doing what we do. We learned a ton in Ukraine about, uh, Ukraine was like research and development for us hmm. because we could, we're not program in the box people, but actually in the Eastern European and Central Asian contact, con context, you kind of need that because you're you're entering into an isolated people group, and and just like you said, people are naturally, uh, almost naturally, uncomfortable being around someone with a disability. Imagine in a culture like that, and then you're saying, "Now serve them," but they don't know. They don't they don't know how to do that. Don't how do you gather a group of people with disabilities? You're not going to think of a sports thing. Right. Oh no, they can. Yeah. Well, so taking what we learned in Ukraine, uh, we actually replicated it in another Central Asian kind of creative context. Uh, through some um, missionaries in a primarily Muslim context, and it worked great. And so we know we have something that's reproducible, that's that's focused on evangelism of the caretakers, uh, but also brings the gospel to those with special needs. So just taking what we learned there and modifying it based on the context of wherever and, and replicating that in partnership with churches. So we have, uh, I was able to train other churches in Ukraine while we were there. We weren't just, just focused on Chernigov needed to be kind of a hub for us. And so I did some trainings um, in some other countries uh, in the region, but also other churches within Ukraine, developed really close partnerships and connections in Ukraine to kind of carry on work in other parts, uh, near Kyiv in particular. So just I'm just going to focus on, on how to foster those relationships, go deeper and just refine what we did and set up, you know, our other, you know, the WICs set up other uh, indigenous partners to just be successful in, in what they're doing and, and to be really gospel focused in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, Kiev, and so I got to ask, what, what changed here to where I can't say Kiev anymore? I was going to ask the same. Thing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. I, I'm kind of <laughs> like I don't want to be rude, but it's Kiev, I think. And then and, and is there some Kiev, debate over the like, spelling as well? I don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, you'll know. the right spelling, the right pronunciation. Kiev is the Russian pronunciation. Kiev is the Ukrainian pronunciation. Ah. So to us, it's always been Kiev, as long as we've lived there. 
And, uh, so it's not an Istanbul, was Constantinople. Now it's no, Istanbul no, no, no. It's it's the same city, just okay, <coughs> different language. Pronounced. Okay, so it'd yeah. be rude to call it Kiev to a Ukrainian mm. because you're kind of they'll be fine with okay. it. Okay, they prefer Kiev. But All right, I'm glad we got to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we, we totally. So, so when you go to Ukraine, you know what to say now. Is that <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can sound smart. I don't know where yeah. Budapest is, but yeah, here's yeah I know it's Kiev. Yeah, Marrakesh and Budapest are right next to you. Before we move off Ukraine, how's the church responding as a whole to the war? Man, uh, it's a great question. Um, in the cities that have been just so, uh, for example, Chernigov. Uh, the city was under siege for, I, th I think the the liberation began on day 42. Mm. So the city was encircled, just heavy bombing, bombing, bombing. Um, I know a Baptist pastor, uh, kind of in our neighborhood, actually where our home was on the eastern side of the city. Um, their church took heavy, the building took heavy damage. Mm -hmm. um, they they finally evacuated. Um, they had a close family member killed in a rocket attack and they all witnessed it and mm -hmm. uh, just rough stuff like that um, so a lot of in those places uh, the, the pastors hung on as long as they could some stayed all during the siege um, I know I uh, just found out this weekend about another pastor in a Russian occupied area that has been held captive mm -hmm. by they took him uh, the wife and kids don't know where he is um, so there's a really respectable courage and faithfulness that a lot of these pastors have shown uh, in some pretty hard conditions. And so, uh, uh, you know, in, in Chernigov, uh, once it was liberated, people started to come back, but most of our church family um, evacuated, um, and, and, and wisely so. It was, it was, it was really bad there. Um, one of the men from our church uh, was an evacuation driver uh, up until, uh, like, in the midst of some of the heaviest fighting and bombing and evacuation vehicles being shot up and things like that. Um, so grateful for him. Uh, he, he helped get out, I want to say, nine or ten of our families. Like, when I say our families, like families from Sport Best Manage, mm -hmm. most of them non-believers. Uh, he was the one that, that ran in and got them. And, wow. I mean, there's, I've got endless stories about how sketch that was mm -hmm. and just God's provision and protection of them. Um, now, in response to everything that's gone on for the last hundred days, um, it's been amazing to see how the, the church, the evangelical church in Ukraine, has been just active the entire time. Cool. A lot of the evacuation drivers are church members or pastors. Mm -hmm. they're, they're taking food in to hard-hit places and bringing people out. Mm -hmm. That's their, that's their yes. route. So there's, there's so much of that that's gone on, and it's just super cool to see right. even... Um, our, our partner in country right now near Kiev, the, the network of churches, Baptist churches that he's working with have been taking stuff into some crazy hot spots. It's remarkable. And they're, they're delivering that with the gospel. They're That's not great. just like, Hey, yeah. throw the food out and go. There's it, it's. So I would say the church has been uh, just really remarkable. That's for the awesome. Most part. Yeah. That's awesome. It seems like the, like the war has kind of died down in the news cycle. Yeah. here in America. like are, there, are they still just in the throes of things there, or has it actually settled maybe a bit? No, it's um, the fighting in the east. What's happened is the areas that were liberated, they actually pulled all of those battalions. Russia pulled all those battalions out and centered them right in the center of eastern Ukraine. And the, the fighting is, 
um, probably the the most intense it's been. There's okay. there's the the bombing and rocketing, uh, the the destruction of cities is just on a scale of it, it's just crazy. So Mariupol was in the news a bunch because it finally fell and uh, the last bastion of Ukrainian forces um, surrendered, I guess, for lack of a better term. But they've pushed east from there. Uh, Severodonetsk is is the hot spot right now. Russia just took that this week. It's just obliterated. They, they're moving on Lysychansk um, as we speak, and it's being obliterated. I, I mean, it's just... The fighting is super, super intense. It's super concentrated, and, and in the areas of greatest combat, right in the east, uh, the effort to bring uh, to push through the entire Lugansk and Donetsk regions, as marked on a map, um, they're outnumbering Ukrainians something like twenty to one. They've put all of their so many of their tactical battalions right there. So the fighting is super intense, and it's not it's not backed off even one day. Gotcha. So. That's helpful to know since it's yeah. tied down to the news cycle here. Yeah. We yeah. need to continue to pray for Ukraine and people yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question you may not be able to answer mm. because it ain't about you. <laughs> it's about your mini you. So you have a son named Abe that mm. seems to have the bug of maybe cross-culture ministry, missionary work, went to Scotland for a while and... and yeah. um, Says he's going back to Ukraine. So, well, that's that's my question: is what 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 do you think Abe is like looking at doing? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'd uh, like to know the answer. Yeah, I, I would say nearly every day he asks me if he can go back to Ukraine. Okay, and uh, um, it's particularly the the like for our kids that you know a big chunk of their life was Ukrainian mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and, and certainly they had lots of struggles and challenges with that, not being their own culture, but the Lord really grew them through that. Um, Abe feels really, uh, he, he's he's really connected to Ukraine. And so uh, we're just thankful that he was with the, the church family he was with in Scotland when the war broke out. They did such a good job of supporting him in that. Mm, that's cool. Um, they right away were talking to us about bringing refugees into, into their homes um and so we tried to coordinate some of that the scottish government became a challenge but all, all that to say like abe, abe has, has definitely had a a very uh he's been very zealous yeah. to get back to ukraine um and oh, battles with he? he's 18 okay. battles with a lot of emotions related to that okay. some of his friends are fighting and uh, uh in one in the army and some in the the local defense forces and things like that so he has that association uh, that's very personal to personal. him as well. Yep. Um, so, uh, like that's that's very hard for him. Eventually, he wants to move back to yeah, Ukraine. Sure. I don't know what that looks like for him. Right. I don't know. I don't know how that that all works out. Okay. But he definitely, um, yeah. It, it's 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 a struggle for our kids to come back here. Uh, you know, it's such a different different life, different pace of life, right. different schedule. You know, every Friday night they knew it was Sport Besmesh. And every Friday night we drive home from Sport Besmesh sharing stories. I mean, Abe had some pretty difficult assignments on Friday nights as well, um, which was super sweet to just see him, his love for these kids with special needs and Evangeline as well. Uh, 
And so some nights were frustrating and hard, but by the time we got home, we're telling all these hilarious stories about <laughs> who did what and mm-hmm. who said what. And um, so that's such a, a personal sure. part of life for our kids. And Well, and like you said, those were some yeah. serious formative years yeah. during their life yeah. when, when they were out there and that's what life looked like. So yeah. that's kind of yeah. hard to get that out of your bloodstream. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, going to put you on the spot a little bit just because uh, you know knowing kind of what your family has been through over the last several years it's been a lot and um, and and the last time when you guys came a couple Sundays ago I, I can just kind of see the weariness um, in yeah. you and, and uh, I, I just want to know how we as a church and how, as we as your friends maybe can support you and, and encourage you guys uh, I know you're getting ready to go over to the valley uh, but you're a family we love very much, and, and as a church, we want to support you guys as much as we can. And so is there yeah. pr- pr- anything practical yeah. we can be doing or praying? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I guess I really show weariness well. <laughs> no, I mean, we've known you for I a mean, long time. I mean, yeah, you, you're, you're getting old. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm getting old. Now, you you, you didn't seem like you were um, defeated or anything like that. Yeah. Just, just, it's been a lot, and it, it makes sense. It's not, you know, yeah. it wasn't a knock of any kind. No, 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 I, yeah. I don't take it as a knock. Um, but I appreciate your insight in that. I mean, seeing that in me, in us, um, we are weary. Uh, I, I would say like even this week, just feeling really, in a sense, defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, part of it is I was sick this week and, and I'm a whiner. I get, I get man colds, I guess. <laughs> like Chad, I, you know. I think it's, the pro- allergy it's proven start. that it's proven that it's, colds are bad. That, I mean, they're, I think it's, they're legit. They're no it's worse thing. Than, it's proven that it, it affects yeah. men more than it's a, yeah, I think I, it's an obvious thing. I think yeah. it's obvious. Yeah. You can't argue with science. No, I'm staying out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, just this week was just uh, for whatever reason it was just a discouraging week. Um, some of that is we just, uh, yeah. I mean, we're in constant communication with our friends in Ukraine and uh, Sport Besmej. They actually started it up three weeks ago. But talking about the church doing things, I mean, mm. our church, as it's a diaspora, it's spread all over the place. But there's three or four people left in the city. They started gathering and they started doing sport best measures. And yeah. That's cool. uh, my friend Roma, that used to be kind of my assistant, he comes up on a train from two and a half hours away and and helps helps the one church leader that's left run it. And so when you know that kind of stuff's going mm-hmm. on, families are sending us videos. Yeah. We're in really close communication with all these people. It's great, but it's also at the same time like, man, you know, why, why can't we be there to help them? Get that, you know, and and um, and also just, yeah, reentering life here. It's a, it's just I some of it I just can't explain, and and so it's made us. <laughs> we really, can't explain it either. I yeah, we've been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean you That's get it. Point. Like it's every time we've come. You know, we were here last year for ten months in the states, unplanned and. You know, I made a bunch of trips back to Ukraine during that time, but but even that was a real struggle for the family. I mean, just some hard, hard things we, we endured during that time. Uh, and just really, um, I guess the, the key in any weariness is just pray that we'd be faithful. Mm-hmm. And I mean faithful in the little ways, just faithful to be in the Word every day. Be faithful in prayer. And that's where I know, like, that's my greatest weakness right now. It's like, man, if... You know, 
if I, if I can't have that half hour at least mm. to, to be in the Word, then it's not, then what good is five minutes? And rather than having it the other way, like, praise God, I got five minutes, right. you know? And uh, so I, it really practically, just praying that for Tamara and I in particular, just that faithfulness to uh, to be in the Word and be in prayer. Tamara's much more faithful in that than, than, than I am. I get discouraged. I sit down to read, and five minutes later, there's some urgent mm-hmm. thing, you know? Right. And... Um, but also, uh, the biggest thing is that we just trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm battling. Even driving up here this morning, I was like, man, all of this weariness and frustration that, that we're kind of carrying is a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. We just aren't trusting that this is what he has for us. And we have something better in mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, our kids are struggling with that. And we want to model like trust and dependence on the Lord for them mm-hmm. to help walk them through this. And... Um, yeah, so like yesterday was Evangeline's 16th birthday, and mm. I, I feel like I kind of tanked the day because I, you know, it's just I was just kind of down, and uh, that's not good, you know, it's her birthday, so I think we rallied a bit by the end of the day, but mm-hmm. yeah, just overall that we would model that we actually trust the Lord, that He's sovereign and we aren't, uh, because that's the only answer for everything for us right now. Logistically, as far as um, Portland and and you know where you guys are going to be and how you're going to be there is all that pretty locked in and settled yeah. and good. Yeah, okay. it seems to seems to be finally coming together on that end. And you yeah. got a good church that you guys are going to be able to be a part of, obviously. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a that's another thing. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is we live stream? I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just as good as being go, go, <laughs> attending church in person is like so yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I hope everybody listening is picking up on the heavy yeah, sarcasm. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. I we obviously we have, you know, we have places that we'll visit, but, but I mean we don't know until we go mm-hmm. and attend and and um, well, I, I hate saying what's a right fit for us, but right. like in a way, where can we serve? Um, I do think we're in a season. Uh, sounds really selfish where we need to be served like shepherded mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, you know that would be a priority anywhere we go but there's also that point too of like yeah well, but we're used to like stepping in and helping and I think we need to do less of that at this point mm-hmm. and uh, and just be recipients sure. uh, for a little bit in a way if that makes sense mm-hmm. so um, yeah I mean we'll go to church with Noel for, yeah. for a bit um, and yeah just see where the Lord she's Hanson still yeah yeah Say how to Todd Miles for us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, financially, how are you guys holding up? Again, putting you on the spot, but... Yeah. Whatever. So far, so good. Okay. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I... Like, I... I think we're... I think we're fine. I, I never know how to handle... You'll, like, those, okay. those questions. You'll let us know. If you're yeah, I'll fine. let you know. Okay. okay. I know there's Appreciate a lot of people that. in the church that, that you know, if they're, that we know there's a need that mm-hmm. can be met. Right. You know, we, we want to meet it, so... Yeah, I appreciate that. that. Yeah. You guys had a questions? It's okay. <laughs> we'll say the rest of it for the meeting after. Right. The meeting. <laughs> yeah. Chad, you got yeah. anything else? Just, I mean, how, how can we pray for you guys and your family and your kids? Yeah. I mean, you've already said some things, but I mean, like anything maybe that hasn't been said, of just ways the church can be praying for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially for our kids, they need friends. You know, it's they're starting over, and right. um, and and 
especially Evangeline and Naomi. They're the ones that are really still at home. I mean, Abe will be with us for a while, but uh, they're 16 and 14, mm-hmm. and the, they have to start life again in a new place, you know, and so friendship for them would be key. Um, we obviously continually pray for healing for Naomi, and again, just trusting that God is doing this purposefully in her life, that he would be glorified, but I think those are the two big things. And then for Abe, just, uh, you know, just a really solid sense of direction of where where he's going. Um, and then Eli is just easy, easy peasy. But yeah. he's in September? In September, he heads off to his college in Missouri, especially East College. And so, um, so cool. yeah, he's, he's super excited he's about super. that. He said he wasn't nervous. He's know. not. He's yeah, not. The kid doesn't know nervous. That's cool. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, just the Lord's provision for that for him. Um, yeah, and just overall, again, that whole issue of trust for us and um, encouragement. I, I guess there's an element, too, where Tamara and I, like, we, uh, we also, like, it, it's new community for us. I mean, we're, sure. we're going over there. We know we need to be there to be a whole family. Noel is over there, our oldest daughter, and... Um, be a part of of their lives but I I only have a couple friends over there and Tamara doesn't really she has one friend over there so well it's a it's a good sized church I mean not that you're going to end up there but yeah 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 there there will be friends there yeah and you probably you probably have connections yeah we have some connections there I mean you're you're Justin Reimer you do have a hard time you have a hard time (laughs) making friends I'm a a prickly pear so (laughs) whatever yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I appreciate that, Jeff. Yeah. Well, we're 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 sad that you can't be where your guys' heart is, but we're also happy that you're back and are here to Definitely. do whatever we can, man, to make the transition better for you guys. Even though we'll be we'll have some distance between us, so we love you guys, love what yeah. you've done, and love what God has done through you guys. It's not going to be lost, and I think you know that. So, thank you. And, and it is going to continue, which is cool. You know, it's going to be different, exactly. but, but it's, it's not going to be lost. Um, the, the job God's given you guys to do in the lives of these families is going to continue, and right. it's going to continue to be important because I don't know many other people that are out there doing what you guys do right. uh, with the intention that you guys do it. And it, it really matters. It's, I've, you know, I've watched it firsthand. There's people in this church even right now that have been impacted by it over the years, and it still is still making an impact on them after all these years, which is so cool. So yeah, so yeah, be encouraged that, you know, it, God really has used you guys and he'll continue to. And so Thank yeah, you. Of course. Yeah. I didn't even cry. That's pretty good. That's <laughs> I got a little sweaty. Yeah. In my eyeball. I don't think I'm all sweat, dude. I don't think I've ever cried, but I've gotten sweaty. I've seen you cry. It's awesome. You lie. <laughs> I'm turning into a softie, dude. The older I get, it's just, right. I don't know what's going on inside of me sometimes, but I can't control it. I can't lock it down anymore like I used to. So. I think it's called menopause. <laughs> sure. Menopause. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We went the other day to see the new Top Gun, and Joe leans over to me at one point, and she's like, Are you crying? And I wasn't crying. Oh. Well, she thought I was crying. At Top Gun. I'm like, cry at Top Gun. And she know. said it kind of loud. Like other people heard her say, are you crying? No. I was like, no. <laughs> so for the record, like, no. In case anybody was there. Was there something to cry at? Tom Cruise no. is acting? No. no. I think Jill might cry. I don't know. How bad? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Chad. I'm not saying it isn't okay to cry. Like, you know, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> That's Brent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we should pray. So let's yeah, do that for uh, Father, we're grateful for our friend. Uh, we, we pray that you would watch over their family right now in a very special way as they, they do need to be attended to right now. And we know that you really are um, the one that can do that more than anyone mm -hmm. else. And so we, we look to you. Uh, to care for them, to meet their needs, to provide uh, the, the friends and the support and the church and, and everything they need right now to be encouraged in you to, to continue to um, to be able to be um, such a blessing to the, to the people around them. But right now, uh, they need to be blessed. And so we, we just ask that you would um, help them in these areas where they've, they've asked for prayer, that they would be able to trust you with what's um, coming ahead right now, that they would be faithful to continue to just... Um, do the things you've called them to do and, and to, to enjoy um, this, this kind of new normal that's, that's come upon them. We pray that you would specifically meet the needs in their family right now with Naomi and, and with the kids and friends and uh, with Eli and, and with their marriage and with their finances and, and with their hearts um, so torn right now because they want to be in Ukraine where they can make a difference. We pray that you would just help them to know that you are there and that you are going to build your church and that you are going to do all the things you promised and that they can rely on that, that it's not up to us, and we thank you for that. And so we're, uh, we're in awe of who you are and the way you provide, and we just pray that you administer to them right now. Continue to use GuideLight in, in many ways that are just uh, may, maybe things we couldn't even imagine. And so we commit them to you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Thanks if you for got joining us. If you got questions or anything like that, send them in. Otherwise, we're going to come up with some. So. Yeah. I think we That's do it. come up with pretty good ones, generally. <laughs> I think they're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us and keep praying for our missionaries. Keep praying for the Rhymers, if you would. Yeah. So, cool. Thank Next you. Time. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.